What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program. Once again, if this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes and uh, writing a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, which uh, will make it more visible for for strangers and it will give it more exposure on the national and international level and uh it's just a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing and just helping more people find it and exposing um the artists that come on the show to share their music and their stories and whatnot so i appreciate the hell out of anybody that's already taken the time to do so got a killer episode coming at you episode 180 your Smith is on the show, and I'm excited to share this chat that I had with uh, with Caroline, who is the uh, the mind behind this uh, this Your Smith project. And uh, I was yeah, just super pumped to get to do this one. So uh, we're gonna get into that momentarily. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in studio performances, live show performances, and. Uh, a short documentary that I put out last year, or a couple years ago, I guess now, on a band called Tribe Mars from here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, soon to hit the feed will be these gold Casio videos, the final videos from the uh, Doug Fur filming that we did here in Portland, Oregon last year, last November. You can see those strange hotels and autonomics ones are already up there. So I'm, uh, I'm pumped to be putting out those gold Casio ones here in October, working on the final mixes. I'm going to get it over to my man Forrest Brennan, and we're going to get some great videos out of it. So stoked on all that. We got some uh, some calendar dates, some calendar dates over at the uh, the library. A couple shows I want to shout out. Um, on October 12th is a very cool Super Ocean show. Love the guys from Super Ocean. They were on the show, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago. Had a killer hang with them. Definitely go back, check out that episode. That was a fun hang fun band hang and uh so super ocean the fourth wall is playing that show and i just saw them at doug for for the uh star over blue album release that was really dope with small million past guests of the podcast small million man every fucking time you see that band amazing amazing it always gets better and they always put so much effort into uh creating a cool light show or some sort of visuals to go along with the music so super pumped on that um so that's October 12th, uh, and that's also going to be Trajectory, who is a, a really cool instrumental band. It's going to be their album release. Fellow Portland Pinecone, fellow hockey teammate of mine, Teal, is uh, a part of that Trajectory band, so I'm stoked for that lineup. Trajectory, Super Ocean, and The Fourth Wall. That's October 12th at the library, so that's going to be killer. And then we got October 25th with this band, Lord Jesus, which is like a super group of uh, 
members of, of a band called Young Elk, who's been on recently. Speaking of Young Elk, they're playing October 5th with uh, Silver Metal at the library as well. So lots of cool stuff going on. Follow me on Instagram, at Dan Cable Presents. Always trying to shout out the shows going on at the library, um, as well as other shows going on in the Portland area. Want to thank everybody that checked out last week's episode with Boy and Bear. That was a killer chat with uh, with Dave Hosking. That was super rad to get to get to chat with that dude on the phone. And uh, that Boy and Bear show in Portland is coming up on October fifth, and I will definitely be at that. I've been geeking out on all that music since then, and uh, really stoked for their new record, which hits on september 27th that's next week that new full length from uh, boy and bear will be available but this week this week on the show we have your smith and uh i told caroline um during the chat how i found her music which was just uh on my new music playlist and, and cruising through there but as soon as i heard one song i had to go find more and i have just been obsessed with this uh, this EP that she had put out called Bad Habit, and that came out last year. And uh, on the day that I talked to her for this podcast, her, her new EP came out that day, Wild Wild Woman. So rad to get to hang with her on release day and then get to see her uh, play at the Crystal Ballroom, which is a really killer venue here in Portland. Uh, a place I enjoy seeing music quite a bit. And I didn't really know what to expect from the Your Smith setup as far as the live show. And it really blew me away, just everything that Caroline did as a solo act, uh, just manipulating a lot of stuff via, like, a, a DJ controller of some sort, you know, running some some Serato software or something up there and and also just fucking crushing it on guitar and uh it was just a really engaging show as uh to see a solo performer do on such a big stage too the Crystal Ballroom is a a big venue so it was it was killer to see the opener just come out and and shred and and own this big stage so very impressed by the live show that your Smith puts on. And I can't encourage enough for you to go, you know, check her out. If, if, uh, if she is coming to a town near you, she is on a national tour right now with K Flay and, uh, all over the place tonight. They're in Pontiac, Michigan, and then on to New York and, uh, Canada, and then back down the East coast, a bunch of dates going on. So if you dig what you hear, I will put the links in the episode notes so that you can follow along with your Smith and find out where she is going to be. They uh, there's an LA show. I know we have a lot of a lot of West Coast listeners to this podcast. There is a, a K Flay show at the Wiltern with Meg Myers, and uh, your Smith is is on that bill as well. So the Wiltern, pretty great venue there in Los Angeles. I've seen some. Some killer shows there. I'm trying to think of what the last thing I saw there, and I think that the last thing I saw at the Wiltern was uh, was thrice and brand new, and that was with my buddy Kurt. So shout out to my man Kurt. 
Really stoked to share this conversation, though. This was a, a cool opportunity. Uh, I became obsessed with that Bad Habit EP, and um, I saw that that Your Smith was coming through town, and I, I reached out, and uh, I got a kind response that said uh, that I could chat it up with Caroline before her uh, show at the Crystal Ballroom here last week, and just... Uh, very grateful for the opportunity. It's cool to uh, to just find music on the internet, amongst the cloud, wherever the fuck that is. And a um, couple months later, I'm in a room having a chat with this uh, with this artist whose music I dig so much, and um, I've just listened to this music um, a ridiculous amount since since finding it. I highly encourage you to check out that Bad Habit EP there. All, all those songs are amazing. We're going to feature uh, Ooh Wee, which is the last song on that collection of tunes at the end of this episode. But there are uh, there's a few other bangers on that that get mentioned in this episode that I highly encourage you to check out. But also, now there's the Wild Wild Woman EP, which also has some killer jams. And uh, stoked to share a couple of those on this episode. Big thanks to Caroline for taking the time to sit down with me before her show. And uh, uh, big thanks to her team of people who uh, helped me link this this chat up. It's very cool to uh, to have these types of opportunities. And, uh, you know, welcome all the Your Smith fans. If you tuned into this podcast for the first time ever because you're a fan of Your Smith, I appreciate you checking it out. I hope you'll go back and uh, check out some previous episodes or stay tuned. Like I said, episodes coming at you every Friday. And uh, we've got some great ones coming up as well. Can't stress the importance of leaving those iTunes reviews enough. Super important to the sustainability of this thing. And uh, we're going to do it. We're going to get into the thing. All the links in the episode notes so you can follow your Smith. You can follow me. And uh, we're kicking it off. Episode 180 coming at you. Your Smith is on the show. We're kicking it off with a track off that Wild Wild Woman EP. It's called In Between Plans. Let's do the damn thing.
goes when I'm in between plans. Yeah. do this thing i'm ready to rock and roll right on well i'm super stoked to get to sit down and talk to you about your music this your smith project i uh i stumbled upon the wild wild woman single um whenever you put that out maybe a couple months ago yeah yeah it came up on my apple like new music playlist hey yo shout out apple thanks for supporting you girl <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> i uh I listened to that and then I immediately searched for m more music because I was super into it. Wow, thank you. And then I found the Bad Habit EP. Yes. And I probably listened to that more than anything since then. Really? Yeah, I just thank I listened so to much. I listened to that on repeat. So coming like, from a guy in a Phil Collins T-shirt, <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I knew we were gonna be friends right <laughs> off the bat when you when you said that you had this shirt. This I, Phil Collins shirt. I know. Shirt. I, it's making me so bummed because I lost that shirt and now I'm I'm right back to being pissed about it again. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but I found that bad habit EP and just really leaned into it and I was just super impressed with all the songwriting and thank you and just the the dynamic of that. That collection of tunes, I think, is is very cool, and it kind of left me guessing from song to song. And I think, as each song went on, I was like, "Oh, this is my favorite song." And then, and then, <laughs> and then, like, and then Debbie came on, and I was like, "No, this is the jam." <laughs> Thank you. And we're, and we're gonna play it out with Uwe later on, but I I think that is like such a cool R and B like pop song. Thank you. Um. So yeah, just big fan of the of the tunes, and I definitely want to talk about. The, the Wild Wild Woman EP that you just uh, just dropped today. This won't come out today, but you, you just dropped this record. Yes, it, it happened in the past today. <laughs> <laughs> and We're speaking I, from the past. Yeah, I definitely want to get into that a bit, but I'd love to kind of start at the beginning of how music hooked you in, how you got into all this this sure. racket. Yeah, this, 
this gambling addiction. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've always, people always ask me like when I started playing music or how I got into it and I don't really remember how I started or when or why. It just was always something that I did. It was kind of like to write a song, like writing songs was just always kind of like my vocation. So instead of like journaling, I if I was upset or stressed, I would write a song. And I was always doing, I, and arguably to this day still am, like I was always doing an impression of somebody else. And it's always been a little bit of a form of escapism for me. So when I was younger, I was writing folk songs because I was really into Jewel. Like she was my favorite. <laughs> and like Sheryl Crow. And, Hell yeah. um, and so I was playing acoustic guitar and like inadvertently learned how to play guitar. Um, and then it just kind of went from there. It kind of all just fell in my lap. Um, my mom forced me to be like, to make it a career. And my dad like pushed me to keep, uh, like getting better at guitar and stuff. So, yeah, did it uh, come pretty naturally to you when you picked up the guitar? Yeah, well, it. Uh, my my dad played guitar when I was growing up. My old, I had older brothers that I thought were really cool who loved like Collective Soul and Pearl Jam, and I thought they were really cool. So I that they played guitar, so I wanted to play guitar. And I grew up in like a huge Irish family, so they would all play guitar at like shindigs or whatever. So. I learned to play guitar so I could keep up with my cool brothers. Yeah, that's cool, though. It's like a family affair yeah, playing, playing exactly. the music. Yeah, it never was like, I never, ever, ever once thought of like actually becoming a rock star. Like, or not a rock, not that I'm a rock star, but when I was a kid, like I, you know, I didn't have those dreams or those aspirations. I like went to college and shit, but it just kind of like happened to be that my life kept pushing me back into music. It was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned the like the Cheryl Crow thing. Yeah, and I think the like as soon as I turned on the spot for the first time, yeah, I was like, oh, this this feels like a Cheryl Crow jam. I know people like to dog me about it. I'm like, I yeah, it. and it's that's the greatest compliment <laughs> ever. Thank you. Like it was a total accident. I I hear it now that that this, like that I wrote the song, but at the time I was like, man, that's awesome. I didn't even mean to do that. That shit was just living <laughs> deep inside of me. <laughs> I love it. Um. How would, uh, like, you're talking about how you went to college and, you know, you weren't really necessarily pursuing this. Yeah. Um, how would it kind of creep back into your life, like the music I, pulling you back in? It was always other people that were, like, annoying and pestering me to, to do it. Like, they were like, you have to do this. Like, I had a drummer back in the day. Um, he was my drummer for a really long time. His name is Arlen Pfeiffer. Uh, still friends. He's awesome. But... He kind of like took on this like weird managerial role for me. He was like, I'm I'm gonna like open you a, a band email account. And I was like, okay, whatever. Cause I used to just like play the 400 bar in Minneapolis every Wednesday. And then he started drumming with me. And then he's like, hey, dude, you have like a lot of emails. Like people wanna book you. And I'm like, ah. he's like, can you just look through them for me? And I'm like, I don't, I'm <laughs> so lazy and privileged and shit. I was like, no, like, I'm good. He's like, and then he just started doing it. He was like, are you for the 13th? And I was like, yeah, I guess. Why? What's up? He's like, okay, we have a show at McAllister College. And like, it just, like, <laughs> that's how it just kept kind of rolling. And then something, like, finally, like, it caught, like, my brain caught up with it, my heart caught up with it. And I was like, fuck, I guess I do really want this. And as soon as I was like, I do really want this, like, this is my vocation. I love songwriting. I want to do music. Then it all got really hard. <laughs> then, nothing, then nothing fell in my lap ever again. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. But the, the whole time, was it still always kind of that escapism that you 
Yeah, because I never songwriting. Because I wasn't doing it for other people. I was doing it always for me. You know, so it was always like my way of, like, being on stage is definitely, like, a, a way to escape what's going on in my life and stuff like that. So even when I was doing it for me, I still love to perform. It like that your Smith kind of reflects that where I become this this other character when I get on stage and I'm not Caroline anymore, you know? Yeah. Did you have you always felt really comfortable on stage? Kind of fronting a band or being the yeah. center of everything? Yeah, ever since I was a kid. I was like in the musicals and like I always wanted people to listen to me sing. I, I was always just kind of that annoying kid. <laughs> <laughs> and um you played like in a folk band. I for did, a, like Caroline in the in the Good Night, night Sleep. Good Night Sleeps. That All was right. the, that was the band where I was where everything just happened so easily for me. I barely, I don't know, it just like all came together very easily. And maybe that's me like looking back with a with an air of romanticism. And I'm sure it was a struggle and hard at the time, but compared to what shit is like now in Los Angeles, I'm like, wow, <laughs> that was easy. Just like touring the U.S. in my mom's minivan with my best friends. What? Oh, what a blast! <laughs> um, when when do you kind of start shifting gears and leaning more into this this pop music that you're making now? So yeah, I released um, after the Good Night Sleep stuff. Um, I when I started being like, damn, yeah, I really want this. Like, it kind of started being it. It kind of started with I'm gonna treat um, songwriting as a craft that I want to master, and I. I just always did it without thinking. And I was like, I'm going to do it with thinking now. And I released my own, my own album. Um, and it was more R&B influenced. Um, and that was kind of when it all started taking off. And it was still like, I just arrived at the bottom of a very huge mountain at that point. Um, and then with the Your Smith stuff, I feel like I like figured out. You're good. You're all right. You, you good. You good. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. do your thing. Oh, I accidentally, I, not accidentally, I totally stole your um, charger. So that's my phone plugged into the charger, but yours is under mine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Caught red-handed. <laughs> this is um, what it's like to be on tour with your Smith, everybody. <laughs> Don't leave your phone chargers out. It might get used. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm blushing right now. I just totally got caught. I was going to replace it without him noticing, but... I, I hope he has enough charge. Anyways, what was I saying? So with your Smith stuff, um, I feel like I wanted to start over and change my name because um, I felt like I finally arrived to where I, I wanted to get. And the stuff before your Smith feels a lot like me kind of groping in the dark for who I wanted to be, what I wanted to say. I made a lot of like cringeworthy decisions as like a young person, naturally. I forgive myself, <laughs> and um, and so I just wanted a f like a clean a clean slate with your Smith, you know. Yeah, and and did you kind of just start leaning into like creating production like through software? Or are you were you still just always writing all this music on the guitar? Well, no, yeah. So with the with the Caroline Smith album, I did a lot of that production myself on actually GarageBand, and then um, I had a producer friend. It was just. I, I thought he was going to totally reproduce everything. And he was like, no, I really like your production. Let's just have a, a live band play exactly what you played. And I was like, cool. So that kind of opened the world to me creating on, on a computer. And um, that then that opened the door to actually working with a lot of producers in Los Angeles that 
like I remember being in Minneapolis being like, how do you work with a producer? How do you get them to work with you? To now being like in rooms with producers that I've always wanted to work with. And I feel extremely blessed and grateful. But that definitely happened from an evolution of playing guitar, switching to computer, understanding my programs a little bit, and being able to like show them songs that I'm producing that they can then take over. So somebody like that, I work a lot with Tommy English. I might have ideas that I bring to him and then he kind of fully realizes them. Or my favorite is when he's producing and I'm just sitting next to him writing the song and only worrying about lyrics and melody, which is my favorite part. Yeah. Um, is part of this, uh, this project about the freedom to work with a bunch of different producers as well and not totally. kind of be attached to the same yeah. folks? I think someday I'll, I'll make like a, just a me and guitar album. But right now I love, love collaborating with people. It brings out such, it just brings out different colors that I wouldn't have made with my own palette. You know, it's like blending everything together with somebody who you admire is, uh, it's really inspiring. And it, especially for like a writer in Los Angeles and you have to, you know, my writing is like a nine to five for me. It's kind of crazy. So I can't imagine just sitting in a studio alone by myself, those nine to five and just like going back to the same well for the same shit. Um, so I, I really appreciate collaborating with with a lot of people, and I'm and I'm always meeting new people. I love being in a room with somebody I've never worked with and creating something out of thin air. Yeah, do you think that it uh, with all of those experiences, each of them kind of like shifts your lens too, moving forward, Absolutely. creating as well? I think. I mean, yeah, I think it definitely it definitely um, like helps me grow as an artist, as a writer, and you know, you you learn little tricks from people when you're in the room, you know? Like, I work a lot with this writer named Jesse Thomas, who I think is, like, a seasoned songwriting pro. And watching her get to, like, a chorus or a turnaround line, I'm just like, holy shit, that was genius. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and, like, getting to learn from her, you know? Yeah, just being in, in inspired and kind of infected by that. Exactly. How you can apply it to Yeah, and then I go craft. to another session and I use her trick and then I look like the damn genius. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you moved off the guitar at all? Um, yeah, I mean, it's totally different every time I go into the studio to write. Someday I might walk in and grab a guitar and start plucking out chords. Do you have a lighter? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Still with the. Oh. Did you get it? Did you get a massage? Yeah, I did. It was great. Really? Yeah. You get the CBD and everything? Yeah. Damn, girl. <laughs> get it. Um, that was Kay Flace to her manager. Hell yeah. She's a bad bitch. She's amazing. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, I was just asking you if you're if you're writing primarily oh. on the guitar when you are It's totally writing. it's totally different. It's like whatever vibe I'm in, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to do like a a driving, like, you know, Tom Petty kind of song. I might pick up the guitar. But if I'm like, let's do like some Randy Newman shit today, I'll sit down at the piano. It totally like Totally changes whatever vibe I'm in. And have you just kind of picked up on playing a bunch of different instruments over the years? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I feel like I'm not, I haven't mastered any specific instrument, even kind of, but I can like hammer out chords um, and I can 
kind of noodle around on the guitar enough to write. Yeah. Yeah, and just use them as as different writing tools and exactly. whatnot. At yeah. least proficient in that. Yeah. Do you feel like the the Your Smith project has kind of turned you more into a producer rather than a songwriter? Mm, no, I would say the opposite. I would say that without focusing on the production as Your Smith and just focusing on the words and the melody and um, just kind of the, the overall crafting of the song itself, um, I've been able to do that because producers have been, you know, worrying about the production and I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. No, yeah. That makes that makes sense. And then you get to just kind of do your thing. Yeah. I can like go away in my own world and like be focusing on the words and turns of phrases. And then like my ears are perk up and I'm like, ooh, that's a good snare. And he's like, you like that snare? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> keep that. So like, I'm kind of yeah, like, that yeah, yeah, it's a good goddamn <laughs> snare. So like I do, I, I'm very, very, very picky with my production and I have worked with many, many, many producers like in the revolving door of the Los Angeles music scene. Um, and my publishers keep me very busy, but there's only a handful of producers that I, that I actually like to release music with because I feel like like Tommy English ha is able to really put down like in, like in a, into a song exactly what I'm hearing in my head, which is a lot of like live dusty drums, which people don't really do that much and it's hard to find producers that will do that in Los Angeles because it's all 808s and and shit um and then I like I really appreciate live playing and then mixing that all up with kind of like loop-based production yeah do you think that that helps just like provide all the feel that's in the the records yeah for sure I, I dig think, that yeah I think I, I think it's really hard to fake a couple things you can't really fake a good live piano, you, it's really hard to fake um, like a drummer's feel and uh, you cannot fake live bass. You just can't. Don't even try. Yeah. Don't do it. Unnecessary. <laughs> it's just unnecessary. Just get a bass player, man. There's no soul Tons of them that. are looking for work. Just call <laughs> them up. <laughs> right on. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into the, the title track off this, this new EP. Let's this, do it. This wild, wild woman song that, uh, yeah, this was the first thing that I heard from you. And this is it. <laughs> in the wind of the night, in the light by the bed, I hear a voice calling me, calling me back. I barely hear it, like my head's in the bed. I hear a voice calling me, calling me back. I try to leave her hiding all strung up. I try to keep her quiet, but she's screaming inside of me. I try to keep her hiding, oh, shut up. I try to keep her quiet, but she's a wild, wild woman. Face drop. 
Talk to me about this uh, this this new collection of tunes. Yeah, well, I feel like on Wild Wild Woman, I'm doing my best Michael McDonald impression. <laughs> <laughs> She's a wild wild woman. That's really what I was going for. Try to leave her. That's amazing. I just saw <laughs> I just saw uh, Michael McDonald in concert a few weeks ago, and you know he's a little worse for wear, but. It was amazing to see him. <laughs> um, Don't tell him I said that. I'll be mortified. Yeah, but, uh, as far as this collection of tunes, though, like, what is, uh, were these all kind of written around the same time? Or Yeah, they were. They, they There's a few new ones in there, but I would say that most of them were written around the same time as the, the first EP. Um, I wrote Debbie and In Between Plans during the same writing retreat in Nicaragua. Um and uh, I wrote Man of Weakness with um, a couple of the producers that I met during that camp. And we came home and wrote it. So it kind of all happened last winter. And then um, I just kind of had to decide how I wanted to divvy up the songs and what I wanted to put out first and then what I wanted to follow up with, which was not an easy decision to make. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it about like the, this collection of tunes that you the cohesiveness to put them all together yeah I thought um I feel like to me and maybe this is just me I feel like there's a lot more like angst and attitude in these songs and a little bit more confidence and um I wanted to establish who your smith was first before like throwing that kind of spiciness at it so I feel like on these tracks to me um I'm a little bit more forward with what I believe who I am what I get pissed off about, what I get sad about. Um, Life is a Path is the, a le- the last song on the EP, and it's a pretty personal song to me. And um, I worked with, like, side note, I worked with m- one of my favorite producers who did the Phoebe Bridgers album. Dude, I that, love that album. That record I is, love her. She's amazing. I, I, I've met her briefly. She's awesome. I couldn't, I could barely talk. <laughs> I'm so starstruck. <laughs> I, I feel like I'd be a, yeah, it'd be like a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I worked with the producer, Ethan Gruska, um, who is just virtuosic. He's so fucking good. Um, so that song I wrote and I brought to him and he produced it. So I, it was really rewarding to have somebody like that bring that song to life like that. It was amazing. So yeah, this EP, I feel like, I feel like the first EP, I was like, yeah, your Smith is laid back, relaxed, and cool. And then this EP was like, she also is stressed <laughs> out <laughs> and angry about some shit. She's you know? mad, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> she's not happy. She's got some complex shit living in there. So, oh, yeah. Uh, Life is a Path, though, that um, has so much cool 
auto tune like, yeah. work on it. I've never I put auto tune. Thank you. It's so cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I, that song and I already mentioned Uwe off the the previous, but yeah, I just love like that R and B shit that you lean into. Thank you. Just seems to be so cool, and there's uh, there's definitely like a lot of cool vibey shit that goes along with I it and not just not just a, a fat hook or anything <laughs> yeah. um and another thing within your songwriting is the bridges i feel like for every song are just this pivotal point that kind of blow open the song that's and amazing thank you because i hate writing bridges i i openly hate bridges <laughs> well i openly love the bridges that you, you write so i hope you keep thank that you. hate in your heart yeah. that is provide like making these honestly it must be keeping me going forward it's like Every time I have to write a bridge, I get so annoyed because you're in the studio. You've probably been in the studio at this point for six plus hours, just pulling, like painstakingly sometimes pulling out a song. And then you're done. You have two verses, two courses. You're like, God, I actually wrote something I like. And then the producer looks and he's like, time to write a bridge. And I'm like, you're telling me I have to write a mini song inside <laughs> of this other song I just wrote? <laughs> Oh, I love that idea <laughs> that you have to write this mini song. Yeah, and then I get <laughs> then I just like angrily write one, which is probably what what makes a good bridge because I don't know I'm yeah. like anger fueled. <laughs> like that one on yeah. In Between Plans, that one that one's killer. Thank you. And yeah, I love the depth of your lyrics, but also appreciate some of the like inconsequential shit that you throw in there, like <laughs> like rolling quesadillas and Thank shit. You. you know, like I think that's very cool and. I don't know. I think I felt like very similar about the hook on the spot, just like the the cracking another cerveza yeah. line and the Thanks. you know keeping the green on rotation. And like, <laughs> yeah, I love that shit. Thanks. It's great. Um, Can't take yourself too seriously, you know. Yeah, I I mean, especially because it seems like you're trying to make some music that you want people to dance to and really you yeah. know, have a good time listening to. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You mentioned. A writing retreat is that something you you enjoy doing? Yeah, quite I've a only bit? I've only done one. Okay. Um, I was invited to go to Nicaragua by the label that I ended up signing to called Neon Gold. Um, I didn't know anyone. They invited me to go, and my publishing was like, "Yeah, do it. Like, we'll help fund it." And I was like, "Well, fuck it." Like, it was all pop people, and I don't really consider myself like in the pop scene, even though I probably am. Um, and uh, you oh, good? You're you good, good? Dude. Do you need something? I'm, I'm not really. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, we're in an active green room, folks. Um, and then I, I kind of was like, like little shithead responses, like, "Well, whatever. I'll just get a free trip to Nicaragua." Then. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of at a point in my career where I was like, "Fuck it. It's all burning and crashing. Whatever." <laughs> um, and uh, I ended up having the best week of, arguably the best week of my life. And I met like my best friends that are currently my best friends right now. Feels like family and primarily are still the people that I work with the most. The only person that is, didn't go to Nicaragua that I worked with on this album is Ethan that, that did Life is a Path. So everybody else I met through Nicaragua. That's wild. Yeah. Had to go outside the comfort zone, huh? Yeah, you know, and like, don't look stupid, a gift horse yeah, in the mouth. Stupid cliche shit, yeah. always, always working out. Yeah, I mean, it turns out like, and then it, it really turned my, it was like a pivotal moment for me where I was like, I really like um, working with like heavy pop producers. Like, 
the person that, or the people they're called Captain Cuts that did Man of Weakness. They work with like uber pop people like Julian Michaels and um, they did the songs like Shut Up and Dance with Me. <laughs> it's like the craziest pop song. I'm like, what? Super not me. And I remember like they wanted to do a session and I was like, I don't know, like if that's my style at all. But then I went in there and I mean, you remember like, oh yeah, you guys are professionals. You don't like, you didn't like sheepishly shit that out. You crafted that. You knew exactly what you were going for. And so when I said I wanted to do like an updated Paul Simon call me out, they, they crushed it. They absolutely nailed it. And now they're like my favorite collaborators. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think, I think, uh, you know, pop music sometimes takes like a lot of hits yeah. As far as like jabs, as far as, you know, not being the greatest music all the time. Exactly. But there, and there's some shit out there. There's some bad shit. Absolutely. <laughs> but I think maybe people fail to like they overlook that. That's like such an incredible craft. It really, like, and really is. That there is kind of a small group of people still yeah. that like make all that music totally. together. And it is a formula and like kind of this its own yeah. art you know people that are at home like shitting on pop music like me that <laughs> i used to do that um do me a favor go home and try to write a smash fucking pop hit <laughs> go for it see yeah. what happens if you can write baby hit me one more time then immediately move to los <laughs> angeles <laughs> right now uh, i think though when i listen to your your smith records that i definitely get like the pop sensibility, but I feel like it's 100% authentic and that it's like what you want to be doing and not somebody like saw what you did and was like, oh, we're going to make her into a pop star. You know, like I I just feel like this is the music you want to be making. and, And I think like your lyrical content also maybe pushes like some of those generic pop boundaries. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, can attest to it being genuine um i definitely had a a, like an abandon the music industry moment when in the the inception of your smith where i was like trying to chase the r&b train trying to chase the pop thing singing about like you know i don't know like shitty stuff that doesn't matter and it wasn't going anywhere at all. And I was like, why don't you people want this? This is what you, this is what everybody else writes about. Like, this is what works, right? And I finally was just like, I'm going to give up. I'm going to like, just fuck it. I'm going to make the music I want to make. My publishing's not going to like it. Nobody's going to like it, but that's okay. Maybe I'll go back to touring in my mom's minivan with my friends. That was <laughs> way more fun than this. So I just started writing. I wrote Bad Habit was the first song. And uh, I was like, I sent it to my publisher like, I'm putting my middle finger up in the air right now. Like, you're not going to like it. Fuck it. I don't care. I can't keep you people happy. And I sent it in and my publisher called me and she was freaking out. She's like, this is you. This is, this is what you've been like, you've been keeping inside of you and you didn't have the confidence to let it out. It's like, this is what you needed. Like that fuck all attitude to get it out of you. Like, this is your sound. And I was like, cool so you like it (laughs) (laughs) so you're telling me i could have just been myself from the start (laughs) like i had it all backwards um so yeah so that all that to say i when i approach your smith music or writing for your smith i i always just embody that same that same caroline that went into the bad habit session being like this is for me 
this is just for me. And if I write something that I like that resonates with me, then that's it. That's the only test I have to pass. But is it authentic to me? Do I feel honest about releasing it? And if I do and it does, then then it ends up somewhere. Yeah. I would imagine that's like pretty validating too to like have some some success or some people recognizing what you're doing when you start leaning yeah. into like that of, of doing 100% you. and. I mean, I think music careers just boil down to finding enough people that like what you do. Instead of chasing, you know, in instead of trying to make music for people to like, just spend your time finding people that like what you do, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, there are a lot of amazing producers I would love to work with that don't want to work with me or aren't interested in what I'm doing. That's okay. There are also like Tommy English who I pinch myself. I feel like I'm dreaming that he wants to work with me, you know, or like Ethan Gruska, like you can't focus on who doesn't want to work with you or who doesn't want to promote your music. You got to focus on who does, you know, who does fuck with it. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe those other people come around. Maybe later. they'll come around. You know, who knows? <laughs> but if not, all good. Yeah. <laughs> you found You found your people thus far. Exactly. Which is very cool. And, uh, yeah, has, uh, are you, are you someone that always has lyrics kind of jumping around in your head and you're always trying to like jot a line down or a turn of phrase? Totally. Yeah. My, my notes on my iPhone is it's nuts. There's a lot of like, I'll like write crazy stuff down that I don't remember. I'm like, what was that? That's a terrible idea. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> like, it'll be like, like I, I'll like dream up a whole song in a second. I'm like, oh, that's good. I'll write it down and then I'll remember it later. And it'll be like. Be who you want to be. I'm like, what a shitty line. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's been written, Caroline. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny going like looking back on I, I, iPhone notes. Totally. Just like. So funny. I wrote that. You're like, I Why? thought that was a good idea. Uh, good enough for me to unlock my phone, pull up my notes app, and then write it down. Okay. And it's in its own separate yeah, note. Yeah, totally. No like punctuation. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yes, exactly. I have so many notes with just like eight words in them. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um that's uh the man of weakness video just dropped as well yeah uh was there any uh reason you chose to do that at Cantor's? um you know actually before the music video or before it, so my friend cella directed it and wrote it and um she i had the idea to do it in like a public space like a diner and she was like She's Australian. She's like, oh, my God, have you ever been to Cantor's? <laughs> <laughs> Legendary Cantor's. <laughs> yeah. I can't do an Australian accent. But, no, that was great. Um, uh, yeah, and she took me to Cantor's for lunch, and I was like, there's no way they're going to let us shoot here. This is like an establishment. Like, I am I barely have a budget. Like, no way. And everybody at Cantor's was so sweet, and they let us do it for really cheap, and I, I was so excited they let us do it there. <laughs> Did you have to do it at, like, some weird hours? No, actually, we lucked out because that's the side room that we shot is closed before noon. Oh, so nice. we just went in there from like 7 a.m. to noon and ran the whole thing like seven times. And then we're like, that's a wrap. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, is is like the aesthetic of everything pretty important to you with, with this project? <clears throat> yeah, so um, it is. Um, but it, it kind of falls in line with the same... Uh, train of this the same school of thought that I have with the music like it just has to feel authentic to me currently I do all my own design work and I edit all my videos um, so it ends up inherently being like all on brand air quotes um, but that's just because it's coming from me and my brain so 
one day I'd like to not do all my own art stuff, but in the time being, I think like while I'm establishing the what my style is, then I, pr- I have to keep doing it. Yeah, do you think that gives you an additional attachment to the project too because you are putting in those hours as yeah. well as making the music? Yeah, my boyfriend calls me the Swiss Army knife of music. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you do it all. But um, it's kind of how it works this day, these these days in music. Like, I don't, I don't mean to give myself extra credit because I do all my own design work and everything because I know all, all of my friends that are at the same exact stage in their careers as me all do their own design work because we can't afford it and and or um, you want it you want it to be special and you want it to be unique to you so yeah um, I think I don't I'm not the best I, I can't like make like crazy looking graphics but you know I can be like man I really liked this Tarantino thing or I can really pull directly from my influences a little bit more easily you know yeah, cut out the middleman of people, you know, yeah. shooting ideas at you, and you exactly. know, you're like, no. Or standing over some poor designer's shoulder, like being like, no, not that, like a little <laughs> less like that, like <laughs> like I just I just do it myself now. <laughs> Shout out That's to the designers amazing. that have to deal with that shit. I'm so sorry. Right? Yeah. No, All of yeah. them do. All no. of them do. No, that yeah. I think it's it's a much better better situation for like everything. Yeah. You know, to be the like if you're not that person in the studio over the shoulder of the engineer. Totally. <laughs> exactly. That's why I like to be like in the studio. Like I'm glad that I know how to use all the 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 programs so I can just be like, Can you scooch over? Let me just edit something really quick. <laughs> like really quick. Thank you. Is there uh, somebody that you've toured with over this musical journey that's had a big impact on the way that you operate? I mean, being on tour with Kay Flay is, is amazing. She's, I mean, she's a good friend of mine from Los Angeles. We have the same management. Um, and she was really instrumental in finding, in me finding my management. Um, but I've never, like, I've, this is the first time I've ever toured with her. And I was really excited because though we are friends, I'm also a huge fan. And not not just of her music but her as like a person and she's very much a one woman show too like she's like the Beyonce of alternative music or something like she's very much a part of everything going on and at this point in her career it's a it's an orchestration it's big she's got like a 12 person team on tour with her right now and she works her ass off every morning she's up before everybody at night, she's like having meetings like the whole day. She was like recording her podcast during the day on our day off yesterday. <laughs> and it's it's amazing to watch that and to be like, to remember to never complain and be like, I do my design work or whatever. Like, yeah, no, you should be doing it. You know, you should be working your ass off. You should be, if this is what you want, you should be waking up before everybody else and going to bed after everybody else, you know? Yeah, you're getting to witness somebody like that's really taking it yes to serious and like working hard at it yeah. and they're not just the headliner that shows up and yeah. everything's ready for them and to do is the thing. it treats everybody with respect and is extremely kind and grateful to be wherever she wherever she is um conversely my other favorite tour that i went on was with the band rye do you know that band i don't uh rye's great i um, do now I they're like they're kind of like the same level as Christine or Kayflay, but um, but they're like R and B music. Okay, uh, it's really great. You would love it. Hell yeah. Um, Mike Maloche is the lead singer. Um, he is hysterical, and he taught me 
to enjoy tour. So, I mean, like watching him also extremely busy and extremely popping and doing all the stuff. He was like, hey, do you want to go to Yellowstone on the way to wherever we were playing? And I'm like, I kind of want to just get there. <laughs> like, why? Like, I just thought that was so sweet that he was like that open to his opening act. Like, he's like, we're all going to Yellowstone. Like, you want to come with? And I was like, I don't know. I feel like I should just get to the city. And he's like, man, you got to slow down. <laughs> he's such a hippie. He's That's like, so he's like, you got to slow down. Hey, man, drink some tea. Like, here, get a back rub. <laughs> Go hike around for a little bit. So, like, I always try to bring that with me wherever I go, too, because you get so exa exhausted on the road. You don't want to go to Niagara Falls when you're in Niagara Falls. You want right. to, like, sit at the hotel or something. But my sister is my tour manager. We were in Niagara Falls, and we looked at each other. We're like, dude, Malosh would want us to go to Niagara <laughs> Falls. We have to go. <laughs> that's, so That's so good that you have that voice in your yeah, head. Yeah, I have, I have Mike Malosh's voice stuck in my head being like, you got to enjoy your life. <laughs> Well, because you never know, like, how many more times you're going to exactly. get to do a tour, right? And every time we do it, like, you, you know, peel yourself off your hotel bed to get, you know, wherever you need to get. You, I'm so happy I had that experience with my sister at Niagara Falls. It was, like, the best day ever. And I wouldn't have done that without Malosh in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate the fuck out of your music. Thanks, And you. I, yeah, super thank you for sitting down and taking time. On yeah. your, you know, on your tour. Anytime. While you could be just hanging out, <laughs> you know. All good. Chatting it up. I have uh, three of your songs from the Bad Habit EP are in my DJ playlist. Yay! Like library. Hell so, yeah. Thank you. Banging lots of your Smith. Yay. Appreciate it. For DJ sets. It's uh, it's quite necessary to throw Debbie on every once in a while, you know. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I'll include all of the links to uh, all of all of your stuff. Sweet. Uh, in the episode notes so people can follow you up and I'll let people know where you're at whenever we release this but um, we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show which is it's a program it's a program you already <laughs> that's did it. it you did yeah it's a program you did it again <laughs> she nice. keeps doing it it's Caroline everybody um, yeah it's uh, super awesome to get to hang with you and we're gonna play it out I don't know if I can call this my favorite track off the Bad Habit EP because I feel like they're all all <laughs> my favorites, but this uh, this Uwe song is just too good. Thanks, man. So we're gonna play it out with this jam, and uh, that's it, everybody. That's that's the Jelly Jams, and uh, this is your Smith with Uwe. We will catch you on the flip side, Portland. Thanks for having me. Swings in the view Now I wanna buy one too I ask you to help me out Even when I, I know how To do what I asked of you From only
It's a program. You already <laughs> That's did it. it. You did, yeah. It's a program. You did it again. <laughs> <laughs>